Hey, Miss MVP, what was that uh podcast that you was telling me about? Oh yeah, it was called Anchor. You should download it today. It's free. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely take a look at it. Oh wow, actually looking at it, yeah, like you said, it is it's free and it it allows me to uh, put my podcast on everything from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere. Yep, and you can make some money. So download Anchor today. Oh, I definitely will do that, and I can also get it um at Anchor.fm. gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is Dorian. This is Miss MVP. And welcome back to another episode of the Convos in the Park podcast. Good morning, good evening, and good night. How is everyone doing today? I hope everyone is doing well. I am. I'm, uh, I'm a little upset. Why are you upset? Hmm. Well... Charlie left me. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie Chaplin's gone, guys. Charlie Chaplin had a good reason to leave. (laughs) A very, very good reason to leave. I enjoyed him. (laughs) That's okay. We're going to get you a little miniature one to put up there. Negative Ghost Rider, no. Just for the show. No. Oh, no, sure. there's no way in the world that is ever coming back. That was a that was a slight accident by me. Didn't have the proper lighting while I was shaving, and I fixed the error. I think it was on purpose. But anyway, <laughs> we have a great episode for you guys this week. It was um, right on time for Black History Month, and it is geared towards the. Um, Black families, right? Yes. What we call in this episode? Uh, this one will be dedicated to the black mothers. Awesome. So we have a four-part series. So sit back, relax, come back every week, um, and let's get this conversation started. We are gearing the um, black mothers, yes. black fathers, black children, children, and the black village. So, it's a a long series, but it's going to be worth it while and, you know, get the pot stirred, get the conversation going. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. And I think this is something that's well overdue, even though it is hitting through <laughs> Black History Month. But here at Convos in the Park, I believe that every day is Black History Month. Yeah, not, I not am definitely Black History every day. So, speaking of, since we're going to go and get into the Black Mothers, um, since we have one sitting here... Who you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not my mama. <laughs> um, I do want to, um, before we get really deep into the conversation, I do want to ask a question. Um, in regards to being uh, a Black mother, uh, what has been your biggest struggle being a Black single mother? Um, my biggest struggle is the, I have a son, mm-hmm. so he's born with a target on his back. Yeah. You have to teach him basically how to code switch at a very early age, um, because you have your family who you're comfortable with yeah. and things can be said and done in house. 
then you have your friends and your extended family where yes things can and no things cannot right have to learn how to coast which and then he has school right you have neighborhood and we live in a very diverse neighborhood where one of my neighbors is of Asian descent. We have Caucasians. We have everybody in our neighborhood. And so having to teach him how to do that and still have a sense of identity is is hard. Yeah. It's, it's real hard. Now, granted, his father teaches him things um, that I wouldn't dare try to or try to even understand as a male because you guys have a target on your back. We have one, but ours is more able to absorb more. Right. And y'all target is on the surface. Right. And even, I mean, but, you know, even that you you teach them how to code switch, don't, doesn't it sometimes seem like, well, at least, at least looking at it from my perspective, um, I know for us growing up, yeah, it was it was just something that was, you know, automatically taught by us, you know, tradition and everything else like that. But like you said, for him to have an identity of himself, do you find it harder to teach him the code switch advice just to just, you know, be himself and let the world adapt to him? Um, yes and no, because he um he has several cultures in his bloodline. Mm-hmm. So he has to adapt to many cultures um so it's it's okay on certain things but other other times yes people are adapt to him right um but like i said he's he's a black has a target b he's bigger than most kids his his age he's almost five foot tall and he's nine so he's already yeah He's brown. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. big. <laughs> so you got to teach him how to, you know, you got to smile. You have to be a gentle giant. And you should not have to because the color of his skin yeah. should not make him dangerous at such a young age. But that's just our day and time. Now, granted, my daughter has a slightly easier um, younger girls have it slightly easier, yeah, but not all the time. Right. And when it when I say slightly easier, because when the girls have a basically in society a hierarchy system when it comes to your skin color. True. So slightly easier because she's in the middle, but she's also a uh, easygoing right now right so but she's a lot younger than him but yeah it's it's uh definitely something worth going through (laughs) (laughs) and also um dealing with you know issues like that and of course you know with, with being a single mother um the biggest stereotype that most black women have to battle which is unfortunate is the stereotype of being the the bitter um single mother or bitter baby mama you know whichever way you have to take it have you come across seeing that yourself or you know I'm pretty sure you may have had some friends that may have you know talked about you know dealing with that kind of uh, conflict so you're what you're asking is am I bitter or do I come across people saying I'm bitter no I, I well me knowing you, I don't think of you as the bitter baby mama or mm-hmm. bitter single mother, but have you come across, you know, people 
that may think that, that may think that yeah oh yeah yeah definitely you have um people who are gonna judge you no matter what right um but anyone who knows me knows that I am I'm really pretty easy going this is will probably be <laughs> not to toot my own horn <laughs> but <laughs> this will probably be the less stressful relationship that you would have if, if we have kids or not and by the way we're not having any kids <laughs> um, but um, I have come across people who have looked at me a certain way depending on if they know me or if they know um, my kids fathers or not so you have people who will judge you mm-hmm. from the inside out right. and people who will judge you from the outside in but you have to I'm not going to say I'm not going to say you have to put on a glamour or anything but you just have to know who your circle is right? and who, who you can trust with your information and who not to trust with your information. And that goes into ties with your black village. Who is there? Who is your support system when you need mental health and so forth? Yeah, definitely. Um, one other question I do have is, do you feel, um, and sometimes even with, you know, being a single mother or co-parent or, you know, in those situations, uh, does does do you feel like having the father around is very important? Because I know that, you know, there are some women out there that will say, oh, well, I can do it on my own the daddy don't need to be around but you know you also have those that are say that yeah you know whether or not they're with their you know with the child's father um you know it is important for him to be around yes now i think that if the father isn't around a strong male figure should be around whether right. it's an uncle or a close family friend grandfather whoever right so me growing up in a parent with uh, in a house with two parents, I saw the dynamic shift a lot when it was being in an um, authority position with my dad and my mom. Hey, who handles this? Who handles that? Right. And the kids kind of learn. Um, I'm not gonna say better because it could be a toxic situation where the father dominates over the mother all of the time or vice versa so it really it just depends on how balanced that family is to me but the benefit of having a two parent or mother father um, relationship in the house with the child is good now that's not to say that you can't be single and co-parent and still have the um, the relationship outside the house. Right. So, I mean, you can still be that and still be the other. Because you have to look at this. Just because you got two parents in the house does not mean that it's right. Some people stay for the children. Yeah. Some people stay for the convenience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that bleeds into the kids also. If it's not good. Just to say that it's a two-parent household is not always good. Because you got a lot of single married people out there who husband or wives are out doing work where this career or whoring off. You suggest because you married don't mean it's going to be A1. Yeah, that's true. 
right, now when it comes to, and you know, we're since we're getting into the children a little bit more, um, um, what are the kind of things that you feel like you you want to instill into your children? Um, definitely have confidence. Definitely, yeah. And like I said a couple episodes ago, um, say it. Even if you think the answer gonna be no or your voice shakes, say it. Just say it. And I appreciate to my children, Mama, you gonna say no anyway. You don't know that. Say it. Get it off your chest. Don't let it fester. Right. So have confidence. Um, there are gonna be people in the world who don't like you just because you are you. So do that. I have people who um, don't know me and don't like me, but I'm okay with that because my name scares them. Why does my name bring so much fear and temptation to you? Or um, why does why does these seven letters in my first name make you make your blood boil and you know nothing about me now granted i'm not gonna toot my own horn again <laughs> sounds like you are once you get to know me <laughs> i am very lovable but don't let my name and my face intimidate you oh i have a i have a bad ass resting bitch face don't let it scare you. <laughs> I just look like this. <laughs> I just look like this, but it's hmm. But yeah, definitely have confidence and say what you have to say. If no one hears your voice, no one knows what's on your mind. That's true. That is true. Um and believe me, that little little girl of mine. <laughs> Ooh, she used all her words daily. <laughs> daily. And speaking of, of using words, I mean, when it comes to that as well, um, you know, the biggest thing that we come across as far as um, things in the black community is education. Um, you know, sometimes either based on where we are geographically in our cities or, you know, maybe some different, you know, maybe we have opportunities in other places, but uh, what has been the biggest struggle for you when it comes to um, that you've seen so far as far as education, whether it be, um, you know, in at, at the actual school, daycare or, you know, even um, the interaction that you have here at the house where you have an opportunity to teach them something? Um, let's come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> let's come back to that one. Um I'm not fond of the public school education system, but I'm also not uh, fond of the private school education. Private school education is is like um, a country club for education. You're I can only, see that, yeah. You're only going to get in if you, can you, will you, are you capable of. So I don't see where that's based off of the education. The public school education system have <clears throat> produced some of the greatest minds out there. Writers, producers, actors. Right. I'm not knocking the public school system in any state. Um, but I believe that the American school system needs to step up Ooh, a yeah. lot. Yes. I <laughs> I was looking at something on um I want to say YouTube. I had to look up something for my son. And so I went to go and look it up and see how I could explain it to him. Mm -hmm. And I came across an educational video and I'm like, 
This child is seven years old. This child is speaking three different languages. This child has been reading since he was 17, 18 months old. And granted, kudos to the parents or guardian who's doing that. But these countries allow the foundation to be set because some of them don't have to go back to work until the child is of 18 to 24 months. Yeah. America wants you back in six weeks. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So how can a, a country this vast and air quotes rich with the land of opportunity be this far behind in education because of what? Immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a different topic. Yeah. <laughs> different. That's, a, that's a different topic. So That's a deeper, darker criminal link there. Exactly. <laughs> so it's the education system to me mm-hmm. is a joke. Um, we have to do what we have to do um, to get our kids some type of head up in certain things Um, but that goes back to the foundation of education those uh, fundamental years in a child American parents can't offer that because 6 to 12 weeks you either back at work unemployed or you are employed but you gotta work a minimum job in order to be there for your children. So yeah. you damn if you do and you damn, damn if you, you don't. don't. Yeah. Yeah, and that's always the, the biggest struggle. And and doubling back on that, um, when it comes to uh work, you know, what what has been the biggest difficulties you face while um, you know, dealing with that situation of, you know, trying to balance out work and and, and home life? Um I balance pretty well. I haven't found any challenges except for when you have um when you can't find sporting activities where both of them will be able to do things together or do things at the same park or venue right that becomes a struggle and that's when you rely on your village yeah to hey can you go to this game or can you help me with this or if the mom or dad has to work then another family member have to step up and say yes I can do this or if not the child misses out on things so I had that um, that was a a big challenge for me when my kids were old enough to do um, activities like that right and speaking of the support system, um, you know, not to not to get too deep in the personal, but you know, how good was your support system overall? Um, for myself or for myself and my kids? Yourself and your kids. Oh, I have a great support system. I wouldn't have it no other way. Cause when I became pregnant, I let everybody in my life know at that moment, I'm pregnant. What we gonna do? Not what am I gonna do? Right. What we gonna do? Um, what shift you gonna take? <laughs> <laughs> and all of that, but it's um, it's definitely it's definitely something that you have to wrap your head around when you are um, keeping friends, lifetime friends. Right. You definitely have to know that that person. Each friend has their lane. Whether you got one friend or five close, ten close, or whatever. You know each person's skill set. Right. Who's going to be able to do X, Y, Z? I have one friend. She says, don't call me during an emergency. There's nothing I can do. I'm going back to sleep. 
she will tell you that quick. And I also have one friend who, oh my God, call me. Right. So you have those people who you know. I wouldn't dare call my sister in a life or death emergency. Okay. Until everything got under control. <laughs> I just wouldn't. Because she... She doesn't... She's okay during stressful situations, but she... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I won't say dramatic because I don't want her to feel it, but <laughs> close relation. <laughs> so you have to have that. You, you got to know everybody has their own um, their own lane. I had a great support system from um, my family and friends and uh, my dad was a great big help. My mom, um, what she could do, she did do. Right. Um, but they are they they are definitely um, papas, grandchildren. They love their grandfather. So, right. yeah. All right, and going into that, um, the dating scene. How difficult has that been? Um. Would we like to talk about the success or the unsuccess? <laughs> we can go the whole spectrum. Um, I hadn't had any complaints. Um, I let, hey, can we get on the, go out on the date? I, children don't even have to be involved. Don't pop up with me no last minute crap. So um, when you set your standards and set your guidelines, right. those who want to comply will get in line. So... Other than that, I don't have any issues. Um, after my dad passed away, uh, still kind of fresh. I do have an issue with that, but I'm not focusing on dating right now. I'm kind of, you know, just content with being with my family, especially during COVID. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. But yeah, so it's, it's definitely um, something that you have to look forward to but once you set your guidelines and your standards and you say I'm gonna do this with a purpose right if I'm gonna date for fun let the other party know if I'm dating to become into a long-term relationship let that person know don't just assume that the other person wants the same thing right somebody will get their feelings hurt and some things ain't gonna work out so I let up front know this is the cup of tea. Would you like to sip? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, also, well, since you kind of touched on a little bit with COVID, um, your experience, especially, um, I know at, with Alabama, you know, especially during, uh, I think when everything really started hitting, y'all went to homeschool, right? Well, not homeschool, but virtual learning, right? Uh, yes, that happened on St. Patrick's Day or the day after. And it was funny because I won a bet that day. We took we took a bet from the first case that we heard when I was at work. I said, oh, yeah, um, right out of the Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. And I picked the date. And I said, that's going to be the date that the uh, album shut down right there. And I felt like I was kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we went straight to school, homeschool. It was kind of like a... A panic. Right. I remember going to um, purchase two more laptops and try to get myself situated because I had to start working from home. So it was from March to May that they were um, um, virtual. Right. And then you had May, June, July, August that they were summer. And then you had... 
um, school start in the middle of August. Right. So, and then they here they went virtual for so many weeks after the next school year. But I do know that a lot of parents worry about the kids um, falling behind because of the um, the virtual learning. Right. Not everybody has the capability of um, comprehending a lot of things. So when you have older siblings who are at home, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's only my opinion, when you have older siblings who are um, at home and you have younger kids who are at home, that kind of puts pressure on um, on the parents right. because they don't want to leave the younger kids at home with the older kids so they can go to work. Right. So you put them in a pickle to say, okay, well, who's going to do what? Especially coming from a single mom. Right. Um, I know families who are dealing with the same thing. You have a two-parent household. Both parents work. You have a, a, a child who's in high school, middle school, and you got two in elementary school. What do you do? Yeah. You it's unfair to the high, high schoolers, schoolers to yeah. watch after the younger ones, but the younger ones are also too young to be left alone to handle schoolwork by themselves. Yeah. So it's a it's a, a real stretch for families, it's a real stretch for schools. The teachers have done a tremendous job with adapting. Yeah. Um there are some that are not putting forth the best effort. That is very true. You know who you are. Um, But I blame that part on the principals for not at least going through the recordings Mm -hmm. to see what the teachers are doing, how long they're spending on the lessons. There are some teachers who go over and beyond. Um, My son's teacher she makes an effort to have what's called small groups mm-hmm. where they, she may cut their uh, PE time short and they she pulls them and have individual times with them, whether it's 15, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, which I think is good yeah. um, because they're at home. They're going to go outside and play and so forth so they can have physical activity. They just have to allot that time. So you have teachers who are going above and beyond. You have some teachers just doing the bare minimum just to say they held class for the day. But um, I feel that some kids are going to um, just get pushed through and yeah. it's unfair to those who are working. It's unfair to the teachers who are busting their ass to teach and the next teacher is just pushing her kids through. Now, each teacher does know their students' capabilities. Or should. They should. Just like a parent should know their child. Yeah. So, you may give them an extra point here and there to just get them to the next um, the next grade level, but you have, again, teachers who are busting their ass to make sure that their 20, 25 kids are learning and comprehending the right. education. So, so it's definitely something that has to be worked out. Um, but with that being said, that helpful that was over the uh, education <laughs> superintendent business <laughs> boss. She um she's that no more. Yeah. <laughs> she turned out resignation a couple weeks ago, so she's that no more. Yeah, thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah, she she was horrible, but yes. um you know even with education, I know it's you know it's been difficult for parents during this pandemic, but I can boy I can remember um my mother was the strictest yeah on education um. You know, she always made sure that her children um, 
did their best. And yeah, she was one of those parents. I mean, she may not have went to every PTA meeting, but mm-hmm. best believe she was going to go to any parent-teacher conference that was available and get the full dirt on what, That's her, me. On what her son was doing. And boy, well, I say from from kindergarten up until maybe... Senior year. <laughs> no, no, no. From... <laughs> from kindergarten all the way up until um, ninth grade, uh-huh. I was good. You know, they had the teachers. Oh, Dorian, did, you know, Dorian was so good. His, you know, here's his reports. Da da da. Tenth grade hit. Boy, it was a totally different side of Dorian. So and you start acting the ass when your hormones came. <laughs> 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 your hormone monster. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, because boy, I swear. Um, uh, my 10th grade year, I was going to uh, Manhattan Center for um, Science and Mathematics. Um, so you name dropping? Okay, just just once. <laughs> Boo! But, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, around that time, it was I knew from my my first to fourth period, I knew the report was going to be great. It was after lunch mm-hmm. that I didn't want my mother to go to. So I was like, okay, I was fi- trying to find a way. I was like, okay, well. Teachers are busy, you know. Let's go ahead and go. My mother was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. we about to go. We about to go to every 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 grade and make well, every block and make sure that um you mm-hmm. were covered." Mm-hmm. So by the time she got to my social uh, social studies teacher, mm-hmm. boy, that's when the bomb started dropping. Mm-hmm. Social studies is one of my favorite subjects. It, it, I liked it, but yeah, at that time I just wasn't trying to be at school. I wasn't. So mm-hmm. yeah, by the time. The social studies teacher saw me and my parents walk in. She looked at me. She told the parents she was talking to at the moment, excuse me. Hey, Dorian, nice to see you after so long. Mm, and your dad had his phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, my father didn't show up to that one. Oh, okay. And so yeah, it was just me and my mama. Oh, so she had her face on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, so, Mom. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just to say, yeah, but yeah, I, I heard the you know the worst of it, but again, you know, as long as I was doing what I was supposed to do as far as education, you know, it was no problem. I was, you know, she let me do the track team and everything else, but yeah, once time the grades started declining, no track, no drawing. So with you being, um, you tackled the single father yeah. for a year. Well, a year, some change. Going over from. Taking your daughter to school mm. to being thrown into virtual for a couple of months. How did that? What was the coming from? I know this is ahead of the game, single father. <laughs> but but we're talking about education. Right. How did that? What was the challenge in that? Going from <sighs> dropping her off at school, had a routine, or she getting a bus. Right. She yeah. She got the bus. Um, yeah. having a routine to within hours of notification our lives change yeah. Uh that was definitely rough um, especially uh, of course well the school you know where I was at in Mississippi they would send emails or first we would get the text notifications stating you know school would be shut down this and that so then after that then it was just making sure that um, they actually gave out the Chromebook so just making the appointment to pick up the Chromebook for school. And the first couple of weeks when they shut down, uh, I was able to take off uh, without any problems from the company. Thank goodness for that. So it was just getting a, getting her adjusted to doing the schoolwork. And then once 
Um, once my time off was over, it was again counting on my support system. Um, you know, I reached out to my mother, hey, mom, you know, this is what's going on. You know, can you know, can my daughter stay with you? Um, you know, and yeah, and they they pretty much kept on the same schedule that I that I had her because uh, you know it was just kept that routine. It was, and of course, it wasn't as strict with the Zoom meetings. Then mm-hmm. it was just okay. You need to make sure these assignments are done. Yeah. For the week, they just want to make sure they see everybody. Yeah, well, it wasn't even seen. It was just uh, without with with the school that she was at. It was just they just gave out assignments and then you turn them in before Friday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just kept on the routine of you know first thing she wake up, you know get herself together, and then she could do schoolwork. Once all the schoolwork was done, that's you know was time for, mm-hmm. then she could do you know. Whatever. So let me ask you this: going back, mm-hmm. you have high school, middle school, elementary school. Yeah, how? Would you think that would affect your life if she was younger elementary school? What would your challenge be? Because we have it all around us. Yeah. You have it all around us where people are faced with that. The people who wanted to have their kids a year apart are regretting yeah. even. <laughs> <laughs> are regretting even having Because you got maybe two of them in the same grade. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So. And... Um, if she was younger, um, I think it would be a little bit more um, difficult for that focus. Um, thank goodness about time, you know, all this stuff hit. She was pretty much, she knew a pattern. She knew what she had to do. So it wasn't much. And by the time I usually got home, nine times 10, schoolwork was already done unless she had a, you know, question for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we kept that rhythm. But yeah, being younger, ooh, yeah, I don't know how I would have, I don't know how I would have dealt with that because... Again, I probably would have had to work something out with my job just to be able to be mm-hmm. at home, so that way I can give her that focus. Because in, in those younger years, I in this, this again, this is just me myself. I don't like my responsibility is my children, mm-hmm. and as much as I, you know, I have my support system, I don't want the support system to feel like they're the ones raising my kid, and I'm just you know mm-hmm. there you know, because of my job. So I would have found some way to take off and, you know, work some out to where I can spend the majority of that time, you know, virtually there with my daughter to make sure that she was doing what she was supposed to do and actually learning and not just, you know, going through the motions. So I was speaking to um, one of my friends today and she said something similar to that about, um, she was like, no, you're doing it as a favor. It's not... A requirement to do that, and I was like, "It's not as it's in a requirement." After she got off her rampage, <laughs> um, I was like, "Yeah, but listen to this." You know what I'm saying? So you have support systems where who's gonna be there for uh, welfare checks, mental checks? Do you need anything? You you want to go out to eat? You need some quiet time? You need me to help the kids with a project, so forth and so forth. But you also have that support system that said, go, bring the kids to me. Go take a bath. Go for a ride. Go just sit for a minute and clear your head. You have those support systems. So we definitely in these times have to um, definitely be humble when you have to ask for help and have a have a support system that is going to not only check on you but a support system that is going to call you out right 
my, my friends have no problem coming out. No, you need to stop doing this. You need to let somebody else do that. You have to have somebody who's going to tell you to sit down. Yeah. So definitely humbling yourself is is another thing. That's your mental health tip for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Humble yourself. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, like you said, it 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 can be it can be difficult sometimes, especially mm-hmm. um, you know, not to again, like we're not trying to jump episodes, but yeah, it it's definitely hard for me to try to deal with uh, certain things as far as making sure that my you know my daughter's taken care of and um there and being able to support her any way, shape, form, fashion, whether mm-hmm. it be as soon as I get home and she's done with her work, she just wants to spend time with daddy. Um, you know, either playing Fortnite, playing, you know, playing whatever or outside, you know, throwing football or mm-hmm. playing basketball and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it can, it can it can be difficult at times. And, you know, I try to balance it out, especially with me being in Mississippi by myself for a while. It was just, you know, I just had to be able to, like you said, I had to be able to set that time aside to where I could just whew, breathe. Yeah. Go to the bathroom. That's somebody knocking on the door 20 seconds later. Goodness. Yeah. So I understand. I understand that support system is, I'm not going to say we use it or abuse it, but we definitely have to be mindful of it. You can't do everything by yourself. Right. So it's um it's a lovely thing to have. Yeah. Um And... You know, we we speaking all these times, we're speaking of everything as far as, um, you know, COVID and everything else, Um, especially I know it was different from the way, you know, that me, both probably me and you grew up. But we come into these times where we have to question the experience of our children. Well, I won't say question the experience of our children, but now with the. uh, you know, the questions of sexuality and everything else. Um, how would you address or deal with it if you're, um, if either your children came up to you and said that, you know, they either, you know, claim another sexuality or, you know, they may have a preference in the same sex? The, the question that I will come to them is to make sure that they understand what they are doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Because you don't want them to, I guess, be caught up in a, a quote unquote trend right. of saying that, um, and I know that I'm going to hear this and I'm okay with that. I don't want, um, you You have to double check and make sure that they're not on a fad right. to make sure that just because like a girl back in the day, it was sissies or tomboys. That right. was it. Yeah. Now you got 17 categories that somebody can fall under. Yeah. Before with sissies and tomboys, you had androgynous and bull daggers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. pick two. <laughs> pick two and stick to it. But hey, do you? But I don't want that child should not feel like they're in trouble mm-hmm. or they did something wrong. Right. Um, we all go through phases in life. Yeah. Do I feel that a child younger than high school should determine how they feel on the inside and want to get a body image change? No, because I used to dress like a tomboy. I've never been attracted to girls. 
I've never had a sexual experience with a girl or anything. But that shit was comfortable. And I was okay with that. <laughs> I didn't care what you thought about me. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you may you a lot of tomboys do that. Yeah. They go through their little boy phase and then the first time that the boy that they like say you cute is that boy clothes where <laughs> like I'm too cute <laughs> arch my eyebrows like so you gotta make sure that that child understands that once they do something mm-hmm. it's not necessarily permanent yeah but once you start bringing knives into the picture yeah it's it permanent yeah confirmed yeah so weigh out the pros and cons let them know, experience me. I have not had that um, that thought, but I do know someone who is going through that. Mm-hmm. And I um, is with a stepchild. So I don't know the child or I didn't have the watch the child grow up. Right. So it's um it's funny because it's a girl um, that she is maturing in her body. Mm-hmm. but she doesn't like it. And I'm like, mm. she's blossoming. She's becoming a young woman. Right. She's starting everything at the same time. <laughs> so I'm like, it may just be a phase. Yeah, she was a late bloomer. Yeah. She was a late bloomer, so she thought that this was just the wrong body. Huh. That? So, started developing, period, menstrual cycle, all that's just hit all at once. She... Last summer, she did not have um, many breasts. She didn't have her cycle. She didn't have anything. Mm. School started. Hormones started. Um, <laughs> breasts started. <laughs> <laughs> everything started. Hair started growing. Everywhere. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big bomb to drop. Yeah. Yeah. So, my friend who is the stepfather, he... Um, He's not responding very well because he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. He doesn't right. have any kids. Yeah. He doesn't understand. Yeah, that's and that's that's always been the hardest part is, you know. How would um, you feel? Um, I've actually had that conversation. I won't say I, I won't say I had the conversation with my daughter. Mm-hmm. But like similar to like you say, um, she my youngest, you know, she's she is a tomboy. Mm-hmm. You know, she loves sports. She, you know, she loves um, video games and she stuff like football. that. Yeah, she loves football. <laughs> um, so, of course, with her playing um, tackle football, you know, that was always, that became a question with some of my family members where it be, oh, well, okay, she's liking, you know, tackle football. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, maybe she's going to end up, you know, um, being a lesbian and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I would quickly tell them, like, you can't put her in that box like that because you may, you don't know what, what could happen. And again, she's still young. So, like you said, it may come to that point where she finally sees that boy that she likes and then, boom, everything changes. Now she wants to, you know, dress up. And she then, be and hitting them, them titties one good time playing tackle football. <laughs> she she going to sit her ass down somewhere. And then, it only took one time for my cousin Blip to tackle me. Rest in peace. I'm like, uh-uh. Y'all hit too hard. <laughs> it's, it's time to stop. <laughs> I'll watch y'all from the other side of the street. Oh, no. It only took one time for you to pop me in my chest. Nah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, similar to you, if she... 
you know, if she did come to me and start, you know, saying uh, or let me know about certain things. And of course, I think the biggest thing when it comes to that is having that um, that openness mm-hmm. uh, to be able to talk about certain things. Because, you know, we especially when with, with my generation growing up, you know, you didn't speak unless you were really spoken to, especially when company was around. So, you know, not having that openness um, can definitely play a huge factor in that. But but the kids are exposed to a lot not more. Yeah. Ten times more. more than what we were um, exposed to. So right. if they can't get it from you or feel like they are able to share things with you. Yeah. Then they're going to go, go somewhere, somewhere else, else. Yeah. or retreat. And I, I tell my son all the time, he said, when he's afraid to ask me a question and then I bring up something gross that he's done, I'm like, if you can show me or tell me this, I'm sure as hell you can ask me if you can have some Oreos. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. he was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, you come into the bathroom and show me things or call me into the bathroom with you and show me things. But you can't ask me for this, boy. You better open your mouth. Yeah. Tell me anything, and yeah. you got to have that open relationship because you don't want that to trickle down to some unwantedness. Yeah, definitely. So once you have some unwantedness nippling around, then you know it's pretty much downhill from now. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's all. That's the biggest struggle because you know as as open as my relationship is with my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter, it was I won't say the complete opposite, but it got to a point where yeah. She didn't feel like she could come to, you know, come to me at all. And it took a while for me to rebuild that um, with her and it, you know, uh. just some just some understanding and everything else. But um, at the end of the day, I'm glad that I, you know, did take those steps. And it took again, took her just to come to me out of frustration and just, you know, laying it all mm-hmm. open. And sometimes that's what it takes. Pressure busts a pipe. Yeah. So you just have to understand that their needs will be met one way or the other, whether it's through you talking to them and understanding or someone else. So Yeah. And even with, um, you know, learning things from someone else, I know, you know, speaking for myself, uh, you know, I was never sat down and had, you know, the quote unquote, talk about sexuality. Oh, you want me to have it with you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's already way, way, way past that part. Okay. But, um, you know, even with that, um, with, you know, both your children being young, uh, it's always been a battle about, you know, when's the appropriate time to have, you know, that talk. And even with my oldest daughter, we didn't have it until she started asking or, you know, Notice certain things and then asking us questions. My son is nine. He's almost five foot tall. I called porn on his phone. Wow. I immediately told his father. <laughs> he said, I need to talk to him. <laughs> Quickly, please. <laughs> please. Because I can't handle that pressure. I know I already said when I was pregnant, I had already said, I'm going to get his ass a vasectomy because I can't deal with it. Yeah. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that's legal in the United States. Just sad. But um, yeah, I um I definitely encourage men not to have that conversation with their daughters before the mom does. Right. That's just me. Yeah. Now if you if you're in a situation where the mother isn't aware around 
get a different female that you trust. Yeah. You don't want to be the first person to tell your daughter about sex. It's awkward. No girl wants to know that her dad ever had sex. No girl wants to look at her father <laughs> and like, oh, you did what? <laughs> oh, you don't want to put that image in their head. Right. Because my dad told me the night that I was conceived, my daddy told me I was birthday gifts. <laughs> Calculating from my dad's birthday to my birthday uh-huh. is the gestation period. <laughs> Every time I look on that calendar, I am reminded the night my mom and my dad had sex. Don't do that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes, daddy, you did that. <laughs> you did, and I'm still traumatized. <laughs> so, yeah, don't do that. Don't have the sex talk with her before her mama does. Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah. When it came to my oldest, yeah. Mama handled that. Neither one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mama's handling that part, and then I'll be the the follow-up guy afterwards if they got any other questions or or stuff like that. So who sat you down and talked to you, or did you just learn through an internship? (laughs) I learned through an internship. No one sat me down. A lot of it was from the streets. And from health education. Oh, Lord. Yeah, no one else, no one sat me down. He belonged to the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's always the, the roughest part is trying to deal um, with that. But I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that <laughs> I didn't have to deal with all that by myself. And again, once I got older um, and kind of realized it, then I knew that at that point it was better for me to... Um, have went through that because, yeah, knowing my parents and the way that they were, yeah, that I knew that that conversation was going to be awkward anyways. And, yeah, having having a mother who was, uh, at the time, a big holy roller, trying to uh, sit me down and have a conversation about sex, yeah, it just, it just wasn't going to go well at all. I can only imagine that conversation. <laughs> ooh, ooh, mama Mac. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, you're right. Go to the library. <laughs> Go to the library. So, hmm. You better not be out there doing anything unless you're married first and da 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 da. No, I don't want to hear all that. Mm-mm. Nope. I, um. Sex is the devil. No, I don't want to hear all no. that. No. <laughs> I never really was sat down with uh, about sex. My, um, my mom always told me and this is how I was raised. My brother-in-law said we were very abused and uh, traumatized children. But my mama always told me that if um, I ended up pregnant, I'm going to the home for unwedded mothers at a very young age. And you're going to stay there until you turn 18 and take care of yourself. So I was damn near 30 when I had my first child. So boom, she said, y'all going to graduate without having kids. And we did. We did. My sister, my brother, myself, everybody left high school without having um, a pregnancy and or a pregnancy scare that I know of. And that is, you know, that's that's the now that you're saying that it just makes me reflect on it because it's like, yeah, I didn't have my first child until 2008. So even having her, you know, at that age, and even then I was, what, 27, about to be 28. So, yeah, that was 
first time I had a child. So, uh, you know, even with the black, well, I won't even say it's not even uh, just in the black community, but overall, you know, having children at a young age, um, you know, seems like something that something that we both have uh, deterred from in that essence. Um, do you think that uh, is it is it because of education and talks with our children that they end up you know, having uh, babies at a younger age? Um, I don't know. Because kids who, or from growing up, people who didn't, we didn't have access to sex education in middle school. There were a lot of teen pregnancies in middle school during my era. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I knew I never wanted kids. I was going to be the drunk auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna be the drunk auntie and you know come home during the holidays and send you money and shit you don't need throughout the rest of the year. So I was gonna be the bailout, but I um I don't know I don't know what makes people have kids young. I I really don't. I guess we could do a segment on that and have people email. Maybe we could do a live and talk about that because it is something that's prevalent. Yeah. It's something that's nine times out of ten not going to go away. Yeah. But I don't see a problem with having kids young. I don't want nobody to think that. Um, I do think that it becomes an issue when it comes towards discipline. Right. And Because if you're only 14, 15 years older than your child, when they become teenagers... You're only a couple of hours older to older than them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> they're gonna be like, "Really? I can't go to the club, but you can go to the club." So it's kind of like you you got a double edged sword. And that if you if you're a great teen parent, um, you have um, you have to sacrifice. Yeah, definitely. So me. I didn't want to have a child young because I did not want to sacrifice. I wanted to be stingy and I'm okay with that. Right. I didn't have, I don't think any repercussions or anything like that. And I'm glad I was able to enjoy my life then right. considering that, you know, my dad just passed away. If I would have had a child younger and I was selfish then, then I got to, you know, raise my children. Now I have no real so, you know, yeah. so support, but that's a different subject. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. even um, you know, just thinking about that, sometimes it's like, like you just said, you know, um, if a child or if, yeah, if a child has a um, baby young, then yeah, she's they're missing out on a lot of their time where they could have been having fun, and sometimes you know that can lead to regret on their behalf, or it can lead to the syndrome where. Is a stereotypical um, grandma's mommy mm-hmm. and mommy's Jan mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Child very rarely sees you. You, um, one of the uh, videos that I saw, if you raise your children, you spoil your grandchild. But if you spoil your children, you'll have to raise your grandchildren. Yeah. So it's like, ugh, <laughs> makes a good point. Yeah. When you see your relationship between parents and grandchildren, you definitely know who got spoiled and who didn't. Yeah. Me? Not spoiled. At all. <laughs> I don't care who's listening. <laughs> it's the difference between being spoiled and spoiled. True. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, 
So in just in closing, um, what advice, what inspiration, or what could you uh, give to the listeners, especially um, the the black mothers out there, that um, any 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 jewels that you could drop on them, or any advice you can give them? Well, first and foremost, I am not a professional. Right. Seek professional advice if you need it. Um, but coming from a single mom, watching single moms, um, I have learned that you definitely have to be selfish. They got nothing to do with food. This has to do all with you. Now, if you have younger kids, you definitely need to seek a um, a more stable support system but if you got younger kids and kids who are able to do for themselves I'll say five and older you should definitely be selfish lock the door turn the radio up so they can't hear you you can't hear them go sit in your car go for a walk just do something for yourself whether it's five minutes or five hours you have to disconnect New moms especially. I remember closing my door in the room and my son was screaming at the top of his lung. You would think he was on fire. He was laying there. That's it. (laughs) Nothing was wrong with him. He wasn't gassy. He wasn't dry. I'm sorry. He wasn't wet. He was dry. He had his bath. He had his bottle. He was just being a brat at that moment. Nothing was wrong with him. I just politely got up closed the door and went downstairs and that's what you have to do take a breather separation right just like if you get frustrated at work you take a break you go back so you have to think of life like that it's an unpaid job that's killing each other what do you have any advice for single moms coming from a single father um the only advice I can give up. First, I will start by saying that uh, being um, a single father for some time or in my co-parent, whichever way you want to say it. But having my kid, having my youngest uh, to myself and having to raise them, I salute single mothers out there. Um, That's yes. You never know. (laughs) It's one of those situations where you never know the struggle unless you go through it yourself. So, um, yeah, all praises do salute everything to 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 the single mothers out there and for um like like miss mvp said you know you got to be selfish with your time um and just again uh the biggest thing i can say is you know even if you do have them young or i know it can get very frustrated especially if you have multiple kids and you know you're you're trying to balance everything out um yeah definitely try to take time for yourself and if you get overwhelmed Go back to your support system. And if you do not have a support system, then try to seek um, some professional help or or uh, reach out. I think there are some resources where you could probably get support in some form or fashion. Um, Salvation Army or, or, or whatever, you know, the case may be. Um, but, yeah, definitely at the end of the day, make sure your kids are in a good mental state. Uh, make sure that they're taken care of to the best of your ability as well as trying to take care of yourself to the best of your ability, whether it be through, you know, just a quick moment of relaxation, whether it be that five, 10 minutes in the car before, you know, you go inside the house at the long day at work. Um, yeah, just just find those moments where you can have to yourself just so you can have that peace. 
because not having that peace can lead to problems later on. Channel your inner alcoholic. (laughs) 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 Yeah, channel your, call your spirits. (laughs) Your spirits of choice, by all means, is very well needed. Um, I'm going to give you your mental tip of the day. Um, Like we said earlier, humble yourself. You have to humble yourself. Um, it festers when you don't. If you need it, say it. If you need help, by all means, say you need help. The right people will not judge you. Yeah. The right people will help you. Uh, as the old saying is, uh, people will help you when you're trying to help yourself. So please humble yourself. Uh, money tip for the day, week, whatever day you're listening to. <laughs> um, buy in bulk, people. I you really okay. <laughs> story time. No, 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 no. It's no story time. <laughs> Just buy in bulk because you save a lot of time and money. You already know paper towels, toilet tissue, paper products. I should be more professional. <laughs> paper products and um soap, things like that. You already know what you're gonna use. Yeah. Why you keep going to the store? every other week to buy these things. If you can get three body washes for the price of two body washes, it's just like the a sale, buy two, get one free. Yeah. Just go ahead and pay. It looks weird when you're buying that much, but think about how much time you can save. Yeah. I use... I'm not plugging no business. I'm sorry. <laughs> I use this a service that will... That has... um. It's a website that will basically a subscription. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about n- now. I don't have to worry about when the paper products are coming. The only thing I have to worry about is remembering who the hell is this charging my car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And then I get an email an hour later saying, oh, your order is shipped. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that charge was. Okay, <laughs> so boom. So that's the only thing that I have to remember. But buy in bulk, people. That's all I got for today. Okay. Well, thank you for listening into this episode. And if you have, um, oh, any- yeah, I do. Okay. If y'all watched the inauguration, um, you got any um, any pictures? I would love to see them. Um, what's the Twitter handle? It I'm is. under influence. <laughs> <laughs> the Twitter handle is at convos in the park. D A. Park. It's uh, a little way. ratchet in yeah. the old Twitterverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Combos in Dupal. Yeah. On Twitterverse. Yeah, I, I would love to see um, some pictures if you watched it or if y'all had an inauguration party um, safely or if you have any exclusive behind the scene pictures or whatnot. I would love to see them. Tag us in it if you don't mind. Um, we'll definitely give you your, your verbal court credit for that <laughs> if you don't. If you don't mind. <laughs> yes, and as, as always, uh, again, like I was saying, if if you you know if you got any stories that you would like like to share with us, um, you can hit us up at Kai- Convos in the Kaya, Park Kaya. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> um, hit us up on Facebook, or you can email us at Convos in the Park at Gmail Yeah. Uh, make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's uh, get the word out there. Uh, about not only this series but the podcast itself so again if you enjoy it please spread the word yeah if you have any content that you want us to speak on I don't mind fact checking anything I'm ready for (laughs) it send me the info 
information, I'm here. Exactly. And as always, have you had that combo yet? Good evening, good morning, and good night. Why not? Catch you next time. Peace.